Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Cars, a copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Lieutenant Fleet calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 159. A killing, Tony Morelli, found on the 9th Street Bridge. It looks like a gangster killing. That is all, Harmon. Bed you're looking for? 
guy that was going around busting people over the head and then running? Oh, uh, we got a line on him, but I guess he got wise. He just quit appearing. Funny. Never did make much sense to me anyway. You never tell what these nuts are liable to do. Well, I'd almost be glad to have another one turn up right now. This dawn grind gets me down. Ooh, what time do you make it? Well, I'll be getting along. Yeah, 4.30. Yeah, well, won't be long before the boys will be coming in and then watch my smoke. Bacon and eggs and a great big help and a shut eye. <laughs> I get it. Homicide, Rico. Coleman Beaumont. I just found a body out on the 9th Street Bridge. Why don't you call the morgue? This is a detective bureau. Because this guy's got three holes in him made by high-powered bullets. It struck me that you might be interested. Okay, Bomar, stick right there. We'll be out in a minute. Huh, something? Well, some guy stopped a barrage of lead off the 9th Street Bridge. Better take a run out and look him over. I was afraid something would happen to spoil my breakfast. <laughs> My name, this is Detective Rico. What's this fellow you called about? Over there in the gutter. I uh, hadn't moved him, just made sure he was dead. That couldn't be hard. Hey, he really got it. I know this guy. It's Tony Morelli. What's his claim to fame? He had a record. Pull in a couple of times for the last me, and lately we picked him up on suspicion of bootlegging. He's got friends, though, and we haven't been able to pin anything on him. Well, looks as though his friends decided to pick things up. Yeah, it's a record killing, all right. Three slugs clear through him. Whoever did it wanted to be pretty sure he didn't have any time to talk before he bumped. Any witnesses, Boma? Not that I knew of. I didn't see anybody around when I spotted them. Well, you better phone for the morgue wagon. Hey, Tony has a wife and brother living over the other side of town. What do you say we take a run over and see them? Okay. Boma, you stick around and see what you can learn from the people around here that might have heard the shot. Come on, Rico. Looks like Mrs. Morelli is the next stop. <laughs> Central. That's all right with me. Just a cop. 
Bumper from my brother Tony. I'm gonna see that he gets a payback. He couldn't do that and get away with it.
with the party they knew. A check by police finds this to be true. Stevens indeed has the perfect alibi. Eight months go by. Eight months in which Detective Rico never relaxes his vigil of checking Stevens' every move. And at last, although nothing is found wrong with Stevens' activities, the pressure is too great and he resigns from the force. Periodic checks on the ex-officer's moves fail to bring to light anything of importance, and then one day Stevens disappears from the city, and the Tony Morelli killing is placed in the unsolved files under the heading Gangster Killing. Time passes. Nine years roll by. New crimes occupy the headlines. New names appear on the police roster. The Tony Morella killing is forgotten. Nothing remains but a musty paper in the police file. Then one morning in the office of detectives. King speaking. There's Mr. Spencer out here to see you, Lieutenant. Did you say what he wants? Well, he wants to see you, sir. He said it's something important. All right. Send him in. Yes, sir. Spencer, never heard that name before. Probably some guy with a petty complaint. I should have been out. Come in. Lieutenant King? That's right. Come on in. Thank you. Well, what seems to be your trouble, Mr. Spencer? That's right, isn't it, Spencer? Yeah, that's right. I don't suppose you remember the name. No, I can't say that I didn't. I think you will. Anyway, I believe I have information for you that will solve one of your murders. Yeah, what the devil do you mean? I mean just that. If you're interested, I can tell you who killed Tony Morelli. Tony Morelli? Oh, yes, that's that gangster killing. My ex-wife was the principal witness in that case. She was half of the alibi. And now she wants to talk. I guess it's on her conscience. Anyway, she called me yesterday and told me that she had information that she couldn't hold any longer, so I came to you. Where is your ex-wife, Mr. Spencer? Well, she has a place out in Hollywood. Here's the address. Excuse me a minute. Hello, Sergeant. Won't you take a couple of men and go and pick up a Mrs. Spencer? Get out a bench warrant for her and pick her up right away. She's in an apartment house at Hollyway and Virgil. Well, that's just in case she's changed her mind about telling what she knows. No people have a way of doing that. Yeah, I imagine they do. She's probably scared, anyway. It's no fun hanging under a secret like that for so long a time. Level to drive a person badly. Here, tell you what you do, Mr. Spencer. Suppose while we're waiting for the boys to bring her in, you make out a report to me of Miss Carter. Just a matter of routine, of course, but it's necessary. Oh, sure. I don't like the idea of having my name floating around police headquarters, but if you need it, it's okay with me. Just answer these questions? Yeah, that's right. Okay, let's see. Name? Tom Spencer. Occupation. No, at the moment. Mrs. Spencer, how does it happen that you kept this from the police all these years? Oh, you don't know what a tough man he is. He just as soon kill me as eat. I was afraid to say anything. You realize, of course, that if you'd have told the truth in the first place, we'd have laid our hands on Stephen. But now, no one knows where he is. Oh, I know it was wrong. I wanted to tell, but I was so afraid of him. Honestly, Lieutenant, he's the worst man I, I ever heard of. Uh, suppose you try and tell me in details exactly what did happen that night. And if you can remember exactly what was said, it'll be a great help. Well, it was around 10 o'clock in the evening. I was expecting Stephen. And so when the doorbell rang... Hi, Addie. 
I got a friend with me. He's going with us. Tony, this is Addie Spencer. Addie, meet Tony Morelli. How do you do, Mr. Morelli? Come in, won't you? No, we haven't got time. Get your things and come on out the car. We're going out to Chatsworth and have a time. Well, come in and have a drink first. It'll take me a minute to get my face on. All right, if you say you got a drink, we'll come in with pleasure, huh, Tony? Uh, you bet you're my life. That's a good idea. Yes, sure. Uh, it's a wonderful thing, Richard Licker. Mm. Don't mind Tony, Eddie. He's a little drunk, but it's all right. It's all right with me. Not too sober yourself. What do you mean, I'm not sober? You don't think the few drinks I've had tonight are going to flatten me, do you? Well, I never see you when you weren't half-lit, but I don't care. I'd have sure. What do you care for anyway, huh? Stevens, he's a good fella, sure, sure. <laughs> he's a very good fella, even if he's a cop, yeah. All right, Tony, <laughs> keep your thoughts to yourself. Huh? I told you I didn't want you to go around spouting about mine being on the fort. Not a good business. Here you are, boys. Wrap yourselves around these while I get a bit of powder on. I'll only be a minute. Well, Tony, happy, happy. That's right. Happy, happy. Come on, let's get drunk and break things. No huh? breaking tonight, Tony. Huh? We're out for a good time. Hey, that's the trouble with you. All the time afraid that you have a little fun. You're just a lot of talk. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Tony, if you weren't so drunk, I'd show you how much talk I am. Well, I'm not half so drunk as you think, huh? I'm not so drunk. I don't remember a couple of things that you told me that you, you wouldn't want certain people to know. Shut up. What's the matter, huh? You afraid I'm going to spill it, huh? Tony, for the last time, Tony, keep that mouth of yours shut or I'll shut it permanently. Ah, oh, what's the matter? Here, here. What do you boys want to be arguing for? Come on. Finish those drinks and let's go. Okay, okay, Addie. But remember, Tony, I'm not fooling about what I said. If you want to remain healthy, keep your mouth buttoned. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right, all right, forget it. Come on, Eddie, we're off in a cloud of smoke. You and Tony get in the back seat, Eddie. We're picking up Ed Stickle. He's going with us. Who is he? That's some more of your business. Pile in, Eddie. All right, come on. You all step back there? Sure, we're nice and happy, eh, Eddie? Oh, sure. Sure. Everything is all right now. I'll you my life. How do you like the way this bus rambles? I think you're driving too fast. Remember, you, you've been drinking? Yes, that's right. Hey, listen. What would your policeman friends say if they caught you? <laughs> they wouldn't like that, eh? Oh, lay off of him, will you? That's right, Eddie. Stick up for Papa. Sure, sure. A very funny picture that would have made, huh? <laughs> Promising a young police officer arrest for a driving while drunk. <laughs> Wise guy. <laughs> ah, what's up now? This where we pick up Ed, that's all. Hey, Ed. Hey, Ed. Come on, make it fast. Be right with you. Hold everything. You remember Ed, don't you, Eddie? Sure, I know him well. Not too well, I hope. Oh, don't be silly. Okay, open the doors and let me in. Hey. Uh, hello, Eddie. How's things? Hello, Ed. Not bad. Ed, the guy in the back is Tony Morelli. Tony, meet Ed Stickle. Sure, some glad to meet you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where are we heading for? Out to Chetworth. There's a barbecue out there. I thought we might take it in and get a bit blind. Might be fun. Yeah. You're not doing too badly by that getting blind business right now. How many are you down tonight, eh? Not so many. I'm all right. Sure, he's a plenty drunk. Yeah. Hey, he's the thing I'm a drunk. But he's the one that takes the drunk, you know. <laughs> he's a just a big flat to put on the loot. Tony, <laughs> I'm telling you to shut up, and I mean it for the last time, Terry. 
Hey, what's the matter with you? Can you take a little joke? This is no joke. Are you going to keep that cap up? Hey, watch yourself, Charlie. You're in the Ninth Street Bridge, you know. Not out in a stick somewhere. I don't care where I am. I'm tired of that guy back there making crack at me. Uh, just the copper that can't be paid it. <laughs> What's up, Charlie? <laughs> Are you going to stop laughing at me? <laughs> Look out, Eddie. That's what I do to guys. I don't know when to stop. Come on. Drag that dirty rat out here in the gutter. Finish him, Ed. Take this gun. Okay. <clears throat> All right. That's got it. Come on. Come on. I know a couple of guys there, and we're going to buy them a few drinks, see? That way I'll have a perfect alibi. Unless you decide to yap. If you know what's good for you, keep it shut. And that's about all of it, Lieutenant. Yeah, and you've been going around for nine years with that knowledge? Then it doesn't do any good for us to cry about it now. Lieutenant... Will you, will you lock me up in jail? Well, of course not, Mrs. Spencer. But I want you to. I'm afraid of Stevens. If he's liable to get wise that it was me that talked and, and find me, I'm afraid to go home. Now, don't you worry, Mrs. Spencer. We'll see that you have all the protection that's needed. I'll have a couple of men with you all the time until we fix Stevens up. Send in officers Nolan, Fitzgerald, and Silkus. I want to see them right away. For murder, two men, Ed Stickle and Charles Stevens. The latter may be going under an alias. Description as follows Number one, height, five feet, ten and a half, weight approximately 140 pounds. Set this up right away, Eddie. See that it makes the next edition. All citizens are asked to be on the lookout for two men by the names of Eddie Stickle and Charles Stevens. Descriptions are as follows. And a few days later in the county jail, a turnkey happens to look at an index card. Holy mackerel. The guy on this card ain't that stickler fellow that's wanted. I'll eat my hat. He's sitting right down there in tank four in a drunk charge. Won't he be happy when I tell him we found a murder rap on him? Thus, the first of the two wanted men is found and booked on suspicion of murder. Under questioning, Stickle admits his participation in the shooting and verifies Addie Spencer's story. Within five days, his case is before the court. A first-degree murder verdict inevitable. As the scales of justice swing with the testimony of witnesses, there is no doubt in the prosecution's mind as to a conviction. But out of a clear sky, the testimony of the coroner in charge explodes like a bolt of lightning. It has been proven in this court that the defendant, Edward Stickle, deliberately fired two shots into the body of one Tony Morelli. The defendant admits this to be the truth. But there can be no murder charge against him. In the testimony of the witness, it has been stated that the first shot was fired by Charles Stevens, the fugitive. This shot penetrated Morelli's brain, making death certain within a space of at the most 15 seconds. And the shots fired by the defendant were at least 30 to 60 seconds later. Therefore, Tony Morelli was already dead when the second bullet hit him, and you cannot murder a corpse. Thus, in one of the most amazing reversals of testimony... Edward Stickle finds himself saved by a matter of 30 seconds. And the hunt turns once again with renewed interest to Charles Stevens, fugitive from justice. Blue 
master clue is run down only to prove to be a false alarm. Detectives follow a man answering Stephen's description halfway across the continent, only to find on close scrutiny that he is not the one it suspects. In Los Angeles, Lieutenant Letzler has discovered a man who knows Stephen. Together they rush to the high Sierras, where it is said that Stephen has a shack. But upon their arrival, they are told their man has eluded them by a matter of ten hours. But that he had been seen buying a ticket to Sacramento on the train. Acting on this information, Lieutenant Ledbetter immediately wires Harry Hickok of the State Identification Bureau, telling him to be on the lookout for Stevens at the station. Hickok, wasting no time, gathers two of his associate officers and drives to the station, where they watch inbound trains arrive. What time do you make it, Jim? 3.25 by my watch. Right on time. Hey, you sure you know what this bird looks like? Yeah, I got a picture of him here from the mug book. Right. You want to take any chances of missing him. All the men set? All set. Keep your eyes open now. If you spot him, grab my arm and we'll nab him before he has a chance to pull anything. Right.
are quick to oust any offender against our code. Thank you, Chief Davis. As this half hour draws to a close, may I emphasize what I told you at the beginning of this program. Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline lifts you out of the realm of the ordinary. It is the only gasoline you can buy that gives you police car performance. Thousands of motorists are finding this out and will never again be satisfied with slow-burning, sluggish, undramatic gasoline. Rio Grande Cracked has recently made greater gains than any gasoline on the Pacific coast. Thousands of motorists are learning, too, that they can't buy better motor oil than those sold by Rio Grande independent dealers. Sinclair, Pennsylvania, and Sinclair Opaline. Both de-waxed, both de-jellied. Both refinery-sealed and tamper-proof tanned. And here is an announcement of extraordinary importance. If you are saving police money for junior detective and G-man outfits, turn in your coins before December 31st. All these free gifts are illustrated in Calling All Cars News, that thrilling publication of movie, radio, and detective stories. Get a copy from your nearest independent Rio Grande dealer, and be sure your request for free gifts is postmarked before midnight, December 31st. attention all cars a cancellation broadcast 159 suspect in this case is now in custody that is all Harmon this is your narrator Frederick Lindsley 